what we're going to do is we're going to be actually looking in the Gospel of Mark this morning. But my tone to set this this morning, really this is what's been on my heart for a while. Matthew 6.33. If you don't know Matthew 6.33, write this down, put it on your phone, tattoo it on your arm. I mean, really, it's a, it's a good one. Matthew 6.33, Jesus speaking, and he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Seek first. Matthew 6.33. I'm actually going to be preaching out of Mark, but I, I just want to set the tone. I, I want to set a tone for us, for you, going forward into this new year. Because the thing about starting a new year, it, it's, it's, this, it's this mark on a calendar, but really it's just a day. But we think, man, it's 2019, let's start fresh. Because a lot of us, we, we, don't, we don't like what happened in 2018. All we've got from 2018 is a whole bunch of scar tissue. We had way too many crashes in 2018. And we have the scars to prove it. Some of us had a great 2018. And we're just trying to figure out how to keep it going for 2019. But here's the thing. It's, it's a new day. And if we're going to set the tone, and if, there's, if, you, if you don't remember anything today that I preach or share from God's word, remember at least this, Matthew 6.33. Seek first. Seek first. Because first, I mean, Jesus spoke those words first. And then he says all of these things. And you can add a whole lot of stuff in all these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things. I don't know about you, but so often and in the past, and this is where I'm like, God, we got to just flip the script. I get that so backwards. I want all of the things first. Anybody with me? Come on, got awfully quiet right there. Yeah. God, got to really like that. God, if you do this, then I'll do this. Uh, some of you have had those prayers with God. God, if you just bail me out of this situation, then maybe I'll just worship you and serve you, right? And God's like, um, no, 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 me first. Honestly, when we get that right, church, we begin to see the way God planned things. Amen? It's like a sermon within a sermon. But here's my question for you this morning. Do you know what you need? Do you know what you need? For, for most of us, it's sometimes difficult to separate what we actually need from what we actually want. Our needs versus our wants. Again, Jesus clued us in. I'm just telling you, seek first the kingdom of God. But, but if we're honest, the thing we want can reveal something in our hearts. The things that we want often reveal the idols that are in our heart. And what is an idol? You know, sometimes we think, you know, like pagan worship and all these things. But, you know, an idol is anything we put before God or anyone. I mean, let me give you a simple example. Um, when Betsy and I first got married, we, we lived in Northern California. We went to a place called Redding, California. Some of you have heard of Redding, California. We actually visited a church called Bethel, which was crazy um, way back then awesome stuff, and, but we also went there not so much to go to church, but more because we went to this guitar shop, hello, uh, uh, some of you know I'm a musician, we went to a guitar shop because I had custom ordered a guitar, and the only place to get this guitar happened to be in Redding, California. Let me make the story quick, it's not even in my notes. So we went and, you know, we, we visited Redding, and we went to the guitar shop, and I get this guitar that I still play to this day. I mean, it is like my, one of my, probably my favorite guitar. It's an acoustic guitar. 
But something interesting happened early in our marriage that, you know, here I am with my new guitar, and I'm excited about my new guitar. And, but I, I'm playing this guitar one day, and I'm just, now I'm just, like, revealing my heart a little bit. I didn't know I was going to do this. You know, marriage is tough. Relationships are tough. Sometimes you go through hard times. Sometimes you have good times. Cherish the good times, right? Well, when you're newly married, things aren't always smooth. There's a point where the honeymoon sometimes fades a little bit. I don't know who this is for, but somebody, this is, this is for you. Well, I, I played my guitar, and I, I played my guitar a lot. And one day, Betsy says to me, she says, you know what? I wish you would treat me the way you treat your guitar. You can say, ouch. And please don't punch me later. Um, I usually get punched in the arm over that one. I've shared that story many times. And if you do, do the left arm, not my right one. Still healing. But, I mean, t- here's, here's what that revealed. And, I, and I'm just sharing this with you, you know, just simple story. That revealed that I had put something in my life before my wife. I put something in my life probably before God. Although I'm a worship leader then, so I'm like, well, I'm using the, the thing you gave me to worship you. But let me just tell you, it revealed something in my heart that was not in the right order. Right now, you can just do your own self analysis in your brain like wow what could that be and if we're honest we can ask ourselves the thing that i want what is it revealing in my heart now i i have to you know i, I wrote this kind of to myself but i'm gonna share i i said all right jesus if you were in front of me right now and you asked me what do you want me to do for you i'm pretty sure i wouldn't tell god that i want more idols in my life before him in fact, probably none. My God, have I not surrendered everything? A daily dying to myself for you? And, and I'm guessing you wouldn't either. You wouldn't say, man, God, I, I really want, you know. I mean, if it was an honest conversation, first of all, Jesus standing in front of us, we're probably going to be on our face anyway. And he's going to say, hey, look up here. It's me. But what would the answer be? What would the answer be if Jesus says, hey, what do you want? I'm not, I'm not sure we always know. I want you to turn with me if you have your Bibles. If not, you can just listen here. Mark chapter 10. Do you know what you really want? And how would we answer that? Mark 10, starting verse 46. Gospel of Mark. Mark is uh, actually writing to the, the non-Jewish community, the, the Romans, if you will. Gentiles is what the Bible would call the, the non-Jewish community. So he's writing primarily to that, that audience. Mark uh, really keys in on the miracles and the power of Christ. So he's writing from that place. But I love this story, and it's, it's not just story. It's in the Bible. So this happened. Mark 10, starting verse 46. Disciples are traveling. They're coming into Jerusalem, leaving where they were. If you, if you look at it, they were probably coming from the north to the south. but we read that. It says, Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd, and they were leaving the city. So they were leaving one city, coming into another city. And a blind man named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Let, let me just stop there just for just a second because when, when, if you were a beggar in those days, you sat outside of a city because that's where people are going to be passing by. You know, we still see people's signs up all the time, right? 
in our community all the time. You know, and I know that as a church, we give to a lot of ministries and a lot of community things to, to help people that are on the streets. But, but I just want you to picture it. He, he's on the side of the road. It says here, the disciples are, are leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus. And I, I had to stop just for a minute because it says right there, he's a son. This guy is a son. You know, sometimes when we see a homeless beggar on the side of the road, we forget that that is a son and a daughter of someone. We forget the humanity of the people that we see because we sometimes want to just pass by them. But I, I find it interesting that it's in Scripture that he is a son. And he's sitting by the roadside begging. We don't know his whole story. But just imagine if you're blind, you don't have a way to, to make a living, you're probably pretty fearful because you're walking around blind all the time, and, and you're begging. You have a past. Nobody really knows what it is. Just, just some notes, observations I'm making. And it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, so somehow he had already heard about Jesus because word had spread of Jesus doing all these miracles. If you, you go before this, he'd already fed the 5,000. So these things are, you know, this kind of news is spreading throughout Jerusalem and Judea and Jericho and the whole region there. But when he heard, he began to shout. There's something about shouting. And, you know, preachers like to shout. I'm not a shouter, but today I might shout. There's something about shouting that gets people's attention. When a baby's crying, it is there to get the parent's attention, right? And this guy has no shame because he's like, Jesus, son of David, because he knew that he was from the line of David. And that was all from Old Testament to New Testament, how that comes in. Have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, shouts that. I mean, he shouts it so loud that with a large crowd, the disciples and those who are traveling with Jesus heard him. And, and what are they doing? Like, oh, you need to quiet down. Don't, don't you know in this place you are reverent? Be quiet. It says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Man, that's a way to get Jesus' attention. Shout more. And I love this. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So suddenly these people are like, hey, be quiet. They're like, ooh, got to change our MO. The boss is calling, and he's calling you. We need to step in line with the boss. Say, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up. On your feet. He's calling you. Throwing off his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And I love this. Verse 51. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks. I mean, that, that, is, that is like stop time for a moment. Blind guy in front of Jesus. Come on, think with me. You guys are smart. Um, I would probably know what his need is. He's blind. The obvious seems like the obvious. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Jesus makes Bartimaeus, and we can, we can call his name Bart, I think that's okay. Jesus makes Bart articulate his need. And I think this is so important. 
Because I think this is a lesson that we can learn from. It can teach us. Jesus wants our full attention first. In life, what is it that, that Jesus is calling for us? He wants our full attention first. To seek first the kingdom. He wants our full attention. But with that comes some self-examination. Something that we have to honestly look at. We have to ask ourselves, well, what do I want? I mean, that's the question today. If Jesus was standing in front of you and said, what do you want? Bartimaeus knew precisely what he wanted. He wanted to see. He wanted his sight. Knowing what we need involves the one thing that so many of us do not want to face. What's missing? We don't want to face maybe what's the deficit in our life. What's missing in our life? He asked him, what do you want? What's missing? So often we don't want to say what's missing in our lives. We, we want to walk around in a world and, and pretend like everything's okay. When sometimes it's not okay. We want to put on our, our, our masks, our faces, and say, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. Well, God, God's saying, hey, what do you really need? What do you really want? And as, as believers, followers in Christ, we need to have a place that's safe where we can come and say, you know what, man, I, I'm a mess. Because God takes care of messes. He can take care of us. But what's missing? And so, so often we don't want to face what's missing. But here, here's my, my follow-up question for that. Is anything missing? Is anything missing? See, when we make the decision to answer the call to follow Jesus, to follow him, and he enters our life, he comes with the power of heaven. Amen? He comes with God's, he is God in power in our lives. So is it that we're missing something in our lives, or is it that we're not seeing? Are we really missing something, or is it that we have not seen? Seeing that God has poured out his life into our life. He's given himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God in power. God in wisdom, God in comfort. The, the time for that is now, to believe that. Amen? To stop living blind to, to the truth of what we fully have in Christ. I mean, that's, that's the truth. Is it missing or is it we're not seeing? Because God didn't hold back when he gave his son. He hasn't held back anything from each and every one of us. He gives us power to overcome, wisdom to think. I, I love what one of our professors used to say in college. You know, Jesus came to take away your sins, not your mind. Come on. Sometimes this stuff doesn't make sense, but then you're like, whoa. The more you get into God's word, you're like, it just goes deeper and deeper. Jesus comes to bring comfort in every storm, in every season of our lives. He comes to bring comfort to our hearts. And, and, I, and I'm praying for each and every one of you today that there will be a breakthrough, even starting now, today, in your life, in your world. God's presence is in our present. And he's with us now, moving into our future. We always say, well, how's this going to work for tomorrow? Man. Get a hold of God's word, and it works for tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. It's called growing. 
My prayer is that God would give Uplift Family a breakthrough. That the kingdom of God would come first. That God would unleash heaven here on earth. That we would be, yeah, peculiar people, a different people. But man, a people filled with joy. People filled with power. I mean, that, that's exciting. Everybody likes that. But we have to answer the question, what do you want? See, when you have Jesus living in you, you have everything. When we have Jesus living in us, we have everything. Everything to rise above the trials of life and become the person that God has created you to be. That's the truth. That's the truth. My prayer is that you will begin to see that and understand that, that relationship, that growing relationship. And we are all in process, come on. But it's a growing relationship. It's a beautiful thing. And like Bartimaeus, he refused to be reduced by his fears and his past, derailed by the critics. The one saying, hey, be quiet, be quiet. Uh, that's, not, that's not how you do it. Show us how to do it. Man, what does Bart do? Jesus, he shouts. He shouts, have mercy on me. That's a good place to start because, God, have mercy on us. We need your mercy. We need to align ourselves on the, in, the, in the cross like we are forgiven, but only because of Jesus. His grace that sets us free, not anything that we do. His mercy that protects us, amen? Instead, we need to live as believers who rise above. Rise above this season. Rise above even now, knowing that, you know what, God, you are good. You are faithful. And I, I think about the things that have happened in this past week, God, and you know what? You are still good. You know, champions are, are forged in the, in the crucible of life. It's, it's in the pressures of life that, that we become formed. You know, I, I love the, the simple statement is, you know, a diamond is formed with heat and pressure. Heat and pressure. Some of you have felt heat and pressure this year. So if you feel like a big lump of coal, hold on. God is forming. He is working in your life. We, we really are, are the clay on the, the potter's wheel. And he's molding us and shaping us for his glory, his purpose. That's important to know. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, we think about the shaping and the molding. And, and you know, if we're, we're that clay on the, on the potter's wheel, like if this is it, you know, he's shaping us and it's spinning around. The clay doesn't get to do a whole lot except to submit to what the master is making it. But I, I sometimes, I'm like, man, I'm, you know what? Here's the thing. I, God, you're, you're shaping my life. You're, you're, you're doing it. You're molding me. And I, I know it's for your purpose, for your glory. Oh, there's a crack in my life. You know what? I can use that. God says, I can use that, and I can make you into something, and I am making you into something, and again, for his glory. And I was thinking about this this morning, and I'm like, you know what? I, I think my problem, and, and I was going through notes and talking with Betsy this morning while we were having coffee, and I'm like, you know what? My problem is that I, I'm on that potter's wheel, and God's shaping, and I'm looking around, and I'm not understanding. I'm like, God, where's all the breakthrough? Where's revival? Where's all these things that I signed up for? And I'm and I, Sitting there like, you know, all right, God, you're molding me. You're shaping me. Are you guys picturing this? This is the wheel right here spinning. And then I realize, I'm like, you know what? The best thing I could be right now on this potter's wheel is blind clay. Because I think my problem is I'm on the wheel, and I'm looking around, and I'm going, well, why isn't it like this? Why isn't it like this? How come it's not this? How come it's not this? 
And isn't that true that we start comparing our lives with everybody else and everything around us? Here, let me give you a clue to help you live 2019 better than ever. Stop comparing your life with everybody's beautiful snapshot on social media. Show the best, hide the rest. Stop doing that. But at the end of that, when the wheel stops and God works on us, we find peace. Amen? Knowing that we surrendered and yielded our lives to his plan. You know, Jesus' 12 disciples were not the front runners of the day. Just so you know. You go back and you read about the disciples. They were not like, you know, the Fortune 500 guys. They're like, smelly fishermen, come on. Tax guy, come on. But something happened when they spent time with Jesus. When they heard him call and they followed. They heard the call and they followed. And they really did become world changers. And I think this morning some of you are probably thinking, you know what, I don't think I can do these things. You feel like you're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. Strong enough. Liked enough. But I want you to know nothing could be further from the truth. God loves to make winners out of the broken pieces. He loves to take our lives and form us into something new and greater for his purpose. Paul said it best, God, your strength is made perfect in my weakness. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. Never underestimate God's ability to take your life and make it something amazing. Something powerful for his glory. And remember that, that no matter where you are in life and how you might be feeling and how you might be even feeling about yourself and about your circumstances, I want you to know Jesus believes in you. Jesus believes in you. Jesus loves you. Jesus gave his life for you. His life for you. That's why he came. Narrative story. God created you. We're his idea. He had a plan. He loves you. God's bigger than whatever you've come through or going through. And he can take what you're going through right now and mold it and shape it where you'll find peace and you'll find comfort. So my call for us this year is to let's put, let's put God first. Let's call out to him first. Amen. Let's ask God for a breakthrough in our lives, peace in our lives. Amen. That he would be first. So my question again is, do you know what you really want for this season?